kids at your school find out you play electric guitar, all of a sudden like, oh, I'm gonna go buy a bass, or I have a drum set. So eighth grade, I was already practicing every week with a band, playing like Silver Chair and Smashing Pumpkins cover songs, and being a 14-year-old, playing these bars with people twice my age and triple my age, playing all down the Sunset Strip, the Roxy, the Whiskey, all these places. You know, that brought me to what we're doing now. Hey. Hey, is this Alex? Yes, it is. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you doing, man? Good. Uh, we're just getting everything settled in right now, so we'll go ahead and start recording right now. Okay, cool. Cool. How you doing, man? Can you... I'm good. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> yeah, this is Jacob um, from Art and Jacob. <laughs> cool. Nice to meet you guys. You too, man. And I'm Keith. I'm uh, the creeper, the third guy sitting here. Uh, cool. <laughs> my claim to nice. fame is I'm Jacob's cousin, so heck yeah. All right. <laughs> Which, awesome. which holds a lot of weight here in Bakersfield. So Does it? Yeah, you'd be surprised. I mean, I'm surprised myself. That's all I got guys. going for me right now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear us okay really quickly? Everything? Yeah, totally. Cool. Sweet. All right, man. Hey, uh, by the way, you're in Southern California, right? I am. Ooh, did you feel the earthquake? I definitely did. Oh, shoot. You want to start with that real quick then? Like, where were you? Sure. Um, which one? So we had two. <laughs> the, um, uh, I didn't feel the 4th of July one cause I was on the road, but what about the one that happened on the 5th of July? That seems to be the bigger one of the yeah. two. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll actually start with the 4th of July one. Oh yeah, go for it. That, that one I was out of the house. I was like, I have a recording studio in downtown LA. That's like, mm. like the main thing I do here, um, when I'm not on tour. So I was recording a band and they had just gotten to the studio. We just started loading in and the you know those awkward introductions and laying out the plan for the day and we're just standing around setting up gear and then all of a sudden just everything starts shaking and wow um everyone runs uh, the building that my studio is in is definitely old and probably not up to code or some <laughs> who knows you know and uh all the musicians in the building just ran outside and we're just standing there just you know doing the usual la earthquake thing which is, we haven't had such a big one in so many years. At least mm -hmm. I haven't experienced one that. It's funny to see how much it changes from. If we would have had one that size when I was a kid, my mom would have had us, you know, under the table with a bunch of glow sticks and a Virgin Mary candle. <laughs> but since you know, I'm I'm older now and I'm I'm an adult, so it, everything's kind of different with earthquakes. Which brings me to the second one. I, I was uh, laying on my couch. My girlfriend had just gotten back from work and she was laying down and. I, she was asleep. She was totally knocked out. I was watching TV, and then I just see everything. All the blinds start swaying, like my plants start swaying, mm -hmm. and and I'm trying to figure out how to wake her up carefully because, you know, like I, I don't want to freak her out, and I know she's really freaked out about earthquakes. So I had to, you know, it, we're shake. The whole thing's shaking, and I'm gently just tapping her shoulder, and I'm like, hey, hey, uh, we're having an earthquake. Go ahead and get up, and trying to be as calm as possible. And, <laughs> And uh, I'm just like, what do I do? So I'm looking around and realize, like, you know, I'm in my early 30s. And I'm like, God, everyone my age, all we have is, like, cheap IKEA furniture. Like, the, <laughs> That's the, me, dude. <laughs> yeah, the, the rules for earthquake safety don't apply to our generation. Like, no, not at all. If there's, if there's anything that the boomers have on us, it's that, like, we don't know what to do in an earthquake. Because it's like, <laughs> am I supposed to jump under my, like, $12 particle board? Like, <laughs> I never like, thought about that. It's yeah. so true. Yeah, like. Yeah, those rules were written for like American crafted furniture. You know what I mean? Like or like those solid not like oak. My, yeah, not my like millennial doorway, which just consists of like the cheapest door I could find. Balsa wood frame. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like this this bamboo frame isn't gonna protect me from anything. It's but made you're... from all recycled plastic. Yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. Like, do I do I want to save the turtles or? Hurt, like save myself from falling debris it's like a delicate balance these days hey bro but your feng shui is on point though okay right <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> dang it's funny i was almost in the exact same spot except i did not I, as soon as i noticed there was an earthquake i like looked over to my girlfriend i was like it's an earthquake let's get out <laughs> mm -hmm. so yeah i wish i would have taken that yeah. funny too because she my girlfriend has a very like classic case of the fight or flight response to things mm -hmm. and for some reason in the face of danger she just runs at it there was like a <laughs> there was a drive-by shooting i don't want to say it was a drive-by shooting but um basically there was a guy on foot and some guys were chasing after him and opened fire on him Whoa. just down down the block from my house um a few months ago 
And as soon the night before, we were in Highland Park, and there was a drive-by shooting there, which happened right in front of us. And both times, she, like, lunged towards the direction of the gunshots. Just, I don't know in her head if it's just, like, I have to go help whoever's hurt or whatever's happening. But now, when something bad happens, I have to have that in my head, too. Like, okay, crap. Like, if something happens, <laughs> she's going to run for the door and run the opposite direction of where we should be going. So... <laughs> Like it, it's a literal case of don't try to be the hero, like for the love of God. So <laughs> she's the yeah, textbook definition of ride or thing. die. <laughs> yeah. The earthquake, we're standing in the doorway and she's already reaching for the front door. And I'm like, nope, that's where we don't want to go. Like <laughs> everybody, That's the first thing they say is like, get away from power lines. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so that very, happened. Very true. Um, so we're about like five minutes into this interview now and, uh, most people probably don't know who we're even talking to. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, um, my name's Alex Estrada, and uh, I'm in a band called Silver Snakes. I'm also a music producer based in L.A. I have a studio called Pale Moon Audio. Nice. And, uh, yeah. It's in uh, Chinatown, right? I was on your website just a few minutes it ago. Is. It is a beautiful-looking yeah. studio. It looks Thank very cozy. It, uh, it, it did not look like that six months ago. <laughs> it. I've had it for about 14 years, and it probably, as of the last six months, looks like an actual studio and looks like somewhere that might actually draw in business. Because for so long, I just catered to like the East LA, what I like to call a Mexi grind crowd. Hell yeah! That I that I grew up in, and like that's you know that's where my heart is at with the little LA crust punk kids. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that was my main demographic for a very long time, and as I get older and I start seeing my more professional, not to take anything away from the, the Mexi grinders, but um, you know, the, the, the bigger bands that I worked with, when I see them starting to go to different studios and go different places where they want to be more comfortable and they expect a different vibe. It, it kind of was a, a kick in my ass to like, all right, let's get it together. Let's redo the studio. So mm-hmm. a lot went into that. And Yeah. Sweet. That kind of reminds us of us, like me and Art, when we started this podcast, it was literally just us like hunched over like my coffee, my Ikea coffee table and yeah. just, just sweating on each other or whatever on a little, you know, BS, uh, USB mic that we moved into the kitchen. And then I was like, Hey guys, I have like this spare bedroom. Like, let's just turn that into a studio. And so every paycheck just little by little dude, like we just start like making it more and more professional to a point totally. where it's just like, I have other podcasts wanting to come through like, Hey bro, we'll pay you if we can record a podcast here. And it's just like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it is awesome. It is pretty nice to see growth. Um, when I first saw your band, I saw you guys open it for uh glass jaw and Coheed and Cambrian. I gotta admit, man, I was like blown away when I saw you guys play. Like I was not expecting you guys. I actually, you guys, weren't on my radar at the moment and now i'm like i'm constantly like listening to still that first album the um the uh so the, not the silver snake the year the year of snake um Pulling. the one that we were touring on during that tour was called saboteur oh yeah saboteur is like the one that really like that cool yeah you opened up with that album right you guys pretty much Probably, played that entire yeah. album on that tour. yeah we're really it, whatever album we have out when we're touring we're we're like the nightmare of of the type of music fan that want to hear like a well-rounded set we're just like (laughs) as soon as we write a new record it's just like well never playing those old ones again that's just like that's the way i am and that's my call but it's just that's what i like to do i like to play what's what i like currently and Mm -hmm. like especially saboteur like i feel bad because we just got back from an eight week long tour it was really long and we hadn't toured in about a year and a half and we covered a lot of cities that we hadn't been to in a long time so you know, there's people would hit us up on Twitter asking for, you know, I hope you guys play Devotion tonight or Electricity or like songs off that particular record. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm, sorry, dude, like we're literally <laughs> playing like we're playing all new music. We haven't gone out in a while. This is our opportunity to push this new stuff. So that's that's all we really did. But yeah, thank you very much. That was a really cool tour to be a part of, and especially in Glassjaw was one of my favorite bands in high school. Same so here. To get the chance to hang out with those guys for six weeks was insane. That, that was pretty nuts. I, I did hear that your new album is your favorite album. Is that that just oh yeah the evolution? Definitely. Every every album is kind of like a snapshot of like where you are in life. Yeah, and if you go back in any other sort of interviews, you'll you'll hear that every album I say is my favorite at the time. But I think I think that I, I've said that in the past because they've all been inching towards where we are now as a band. Mm-hmm. And the album that we just put out, Death in the Moon 
is the record that I wanted to make back in like 2012, 2013. Sweet. But I was terrified to do it. I didn't know how to do it. Um, the idea was in my head, but my my safety net, and I hate to call it a safety net, but my safety blanket or safety net is just writing a rock record. I mm-hmm. can, I can, you know, sit down and just write a rock record in a weekend and record it at my own studio and have it out the next week. And that's what I've always felt comfortable with. And the idea of bringing in different elements and a lot of electronic elements, this record's heavily influenced by electronic music and the bands that the bands I grew up on, like garbage was one of my favorite bands and, you know, nine inch nails and that later 90s smashing pumpkins, Mm -hmm. um, bringing in those elements. That's not something that we've really seen in our world of, of bands or locally, or, you know, the kind of circles that we came up in. Mm-hmm. So it was scary to go out on that ledge and just do something totally different in that sense. And I, I'm very happy with it. And it felt like a big accomplishment. And that's another thing that lent itself towards my remodeling of my studio that kind of pushed me to like, okay, now I'm comfortable doing different things. I was really happy with my mixes on the record. So yeah, that's that's my favorite record right now. And I'm trying my best to just push it as much as possible. And working on some more things with it i'm trying to do some cool remixes that i want to release in a couple months and please do man because yeah i was listening to that album at the gym and that's where i do like all my like heavy lifting you know uh-huh. listening and <laughs> i do my heavy lifting and heavy <laughs> listening yeah, that's right. at the gym and you know art he always throws things at me and some things stick and some things don't and i remember you know a few months ago he threw you know your band out there and i was like all right i'll give it a listen and I just remember just being enthralled with it. And you mentioned, you know, like those late 90s albums and those bands like Garbage, like Nine Inch Nails and whatnot. And I, Art and I love that era of music. And so when I heard it, I remember I had made the comment about another band like, oh, this is how I want Nine Inch Nails to sound. Like it sounds like a Nine Inch Nails record, but in modern times. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you've heard of the latest Nine Inch Nails album. It's good, yeah. but it's not like what like i like i'm gonna wake up and want to listen to from you know 6 a.m to you know 10 30 p.m yeah yeah and i listen to your record and it's just like this is how i want that genre to sound now in 2019 2020 2021 and you just totally captured it and modified it and i i really think it's awesome dude cool thank you very much yeah that i mean like using them as an example I i i love the new record i love the last few records they did but they're definitely at that point where like they can do what they want. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They, they can do whatever they want because uh, it being, you know, my age and writing music from that world of alternative or late nineties, kind of electronic rock, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And any, you, you ever hear that, uh, a little quip that people love to throw out like the simpsons did it you know what i mean (laughs) like you know people always say simpsons did it my whole thing is like the smashing pumpkins did everything before everyone else did that's just Mm -hmm. the way i think and that's been my favorite band forever the smashing pumpkins have always been my number one that's how i learned how to play guitar it's how i learned songwriting Mm -hmm. um so anytime i come up with a guitar riff or something it's like oh this is awesome and then i go back into their b-sides and i'm like cool billy corgan wrote that riff 25 years ago and threw it away never did anything with it here i am trying to like regurgitate it but um i think more than anything nine inch nails isn't a, a huge influence on the band more so than that's again the era that i started writing music when i was listening to them heavily and just that that it's the same idea of the melodic sensibility tied in with those electronic elements and the harshness tied in with pop structures. And it's something that I love. And like, they were so good at it, especially like on an album, like the fragile, mm-hmm. like the fragile, the songs that weren't on the radio for the fragile, like there's this song called please on that record. Yes. The wretched, um, yes. those songs are incredible, like pop structured melodic rock songs. And they're like three and a half, four minutes long and they're perfect. And you never, you know, they weren't shoved down your throat like a song, uh, for example, what's that, We're In This Together was a song that was yeah. always on the radio during yeah. the Fragile. And at the time, it wasn't my favorite. I was like, you know, still really into the downward spiral. But had I heard those other songs, I would have been like, man, this band is so, so ahead of the curve in that they're doing this melodic rock stuff that, stuff that I love, but they're adding so many cool elements to it that I'd never heard done before. So if anything, that's what I'm really trying to capture with this band. But we're coming from a place of, our last few records have a lot having a lot of like stoner rock influences Mm -hmm. and a lot of like doom almost like doom metal influences Mm -hmm. really heavy fuzzy guitars and that's all i did for such a long time whereas you know going back to like nine inch nails i feel like trent reznor was coming from a place of keyboards and pop and like 
that's where he came from and he was trying to make that harsher and like mm -hmm. bring his pop elements into a darker realm whereas i'm trying to bring the really dark elements that i've had for such a long time and bring those into a more melodic you know a, a melodic uh template so it's cool it's a lot of fun and more than anything like those two genres electronic music and you could say stoner rock or whatever you want to call it are two things you don't ever hear yeah. put together <laughs> you like you don't and you know what a big turning point um for me was the grammys a few years ago when queens of the stone age performed with nine inch nails yeah, yeah. and and they did this combined song where they did the i don't remember of what a. song it was they did a copy of it yeah but it was with josh came out playing his like signature like desert vibes reverbed out guitar dave Grohl was playing these heavy drums Lindsey Buckingham was playing these finger pick guitars and then they had all the electronics going and it was like no one's ever really combined these things yeah and in my phone I, I have all my song ideas in my notes on my iPhone like any modern day musician and nice. I had all the, these ideas that were titled like you know desert peyote riff and like <laughs> you know what I mean like young guns Lou diamond Phillips like guitar twang and all yeah. my like weird like stoner rock ideas and then I had all these like, okay, mechanical animals, like drum beat or mm -hmm. like, you know, these like 90s electronic ideas. And finally, I just started putting them together. And the first song that came of that was on Salvatore. It's a song called Glass. Mm -hmm. And if you break that song down, it's literally this like straightforward electronic beat. But the riff that the keyboard is playing is straight up. If you ever heard a band called Ohm, which is the side project of the band Sleep, mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. it's just so influenced by that like stoner rock vibe. But instead of on, on like a like a stony bass, it's played on a keyboard. So once we figured out that we could do that, that just kind of became the idea going forward. Like, let's try to like meld these really harsh guitar parts with these electronic parts. And going forward, we're just trying to refine that more and more. It's pretty badass, man. Yeah, I know. I want to hear that right now. <laughs> right now, like every every band, like I love the band Sleep, and I love that vibe, Queens of the Stone Age. Everything, everything you mentioned is just like, damn, that's so true. Like you mentioned, he's so blushing many bands. right now. I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge Deftones fan. That's the one band you haven't touched on. So, but if you do, you know what? That's a band that gets brought up a lot in in our uh, in our circle, or even uh -huh. when we're on tour. A lot of people come up saying like, "You guys have to be major Deftones fans." And I will say that I do really enjoy the Deftones. I just didn't grow up on them. Mm -hmm. A lot of people my age, especially, grew up listening to all those Deftones records, and I didn't. So I really feel feel like I missed out on that. And I'm getting into it a lot later in life. I really like Crosses. I got into that a few years ago, big yep. time. But I, I'm kind of bummed that when I was spending all my time, you know, playing either these melodic, like fast punks, like skate punk songs mm. when I was younger or playing these like crusty punk songs when I was in high school, like kind of going between the two that I missed out on all that good stuff, like the Deftones and Team Sleep and like all the stuff Chino was doing. So that stuff, I, I really need to sit down and, and dive into that one of these days. That's the cool thing about music though, is just like, if it's true art, like it'll stand the test of time. Like you're not going to go back and be like, Oh, okay. That, that was cool during that time period, but it doesn't hold up in 2019 or Definitely. 2020. Like if it's, if it's good, like it'll always be good. You know, the, nobody totally. ever, nobody ever says like, Oh, the Mona Lisa was good back in the 1700s. Like though they say yeah. like, this is a great piece of art. I thought you were going to say purple rain. Nobody says purple rain was good back then, but <laughs> Oh dude, that is the greatest album of all time. I'll fight you shirtless if you say otherwise, but so I got I got a question. Um, yeah. We were talking about punk a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. So when I listened, I listened a little bit. I hadn't heard of you guys, but uh, I listened a little bit. And I noticed your voice sounds a lot to me like Dustin Kensru from, you know, Thrice back in the day. So did you even listen to them or do you even know? I, that even... You know what? It, it's funny because that's another one that we get a lot. Uh, not so much with <laughs> our current record, but with the last one with Saboteur. And like before that, a lot of people would ask, like, you guys must be huge Thrice fans. and And it was more so like, when I was younger, I really liked uh, Illusions of Safety. Oh, yeah, I love that album. But that was the only one I got into. And when we were doing all these, you know, experimenting with different genres, people are like, uh, what is it, like the Alchemy Index? Or mm -hmm. all these other Thrice records are thrown at me that I'd never heard before. And I think that it, it's similar. The Dustin thing, which is very flattering because he has an awesome voice, um, I think that he was trying to bring his melodic sensibility and meld it with like heavier music mm -hmm. which again that that's where the common thread is and i think that me and him share a lot of influences as well especially in heavy music um because you could hear a lot of like cave in in their like heavy stuff and 
a lot of that like uh old man gloom style you know those heavy vocals that you got out of that like metallic 90s hardcore not so much like the white t-shirt baggy shorts hardcore but like <laughs> the like really metallic edge hardcore mm-hmm. um I think that we probably shared a lot of those influences. So I, I, I don't really listen to Thrice. I haven't listened to them in a really long time. But I don't even know if they exist anymore. Yeah, I, 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 I think they do. I think they put out a new record about a year ago. No way. I um, saw Dustin playing like worship music at a uh, Mars Hill thing in 2012. So like I knew he was like a worship leader at a church. Yeah, I don't think he's doing that anymore. Um, I think it's just back full time to Thrice. Um, they hmm. definitely changed. The last I heard them really listen to them, I think, was that record Beggars. And oh, okay. I really... I really enjoyed that record, but like he really changed his vocal style big time. You know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. that that always sits weird with me. It's almost like a fake accent to me. Like <laughs> hearing someone to do a fake accent. He's like, you know, so, I just went to, you know, I just went to Britain. Oh, no, this is how I talk now, and it's like totally wait, wait. Madonna. I don't. <laughs> I actually don't know if I've heard much of that. I think I saw that album, but I I don't know. I I don't really awesome. remember. They they recorded it themselves. Um, they did it in like their garage or something, and it's really cool. It's a really cool like easy listening rock record. It doesn't hit super hard the way that I think some of their other stuff does. But to me, you know, hearing all those other records in passing, Beggars is the one that always stuck with me because it had cool guitar sounds and the songs were all well written and they were basic. Like sometimes for me, I think bands try to do too much, and that totally works in some genre genres. But for me in particular, like when i just want to listen to a rock band i just want to hear just a rock band you know what i mean i want to hear like just guitars bass drums vocals and mm-hmm. that's it when i want to hear something more experimental i'll kind of dive out into in other directions but from a band like thrice i think that they sound best when they're just stripped down and writing those really cool just rock songs hmm. yeah quick question so on your uh, studio page you have here there's a lot of moons on there and we just recently had donnie phillips on their last two episodes uh-huh. ago right and y- your band got brought up and i kind of got jazzed i was like oh man i love that band he was talking about um how he worked on your your uh, album covers how did that come up did you were you guys already friends did you guys meet up somehow so donnie has ties to our bass player our bassist mike used to play in this hardcore band called dear life back in the day mm-hmm. and dear life somehow came in touch with uh roger camaro i don't know if you know him he's a friend of donnie's as well who plays in the warriors and oh he's yeah, in, yeah he's uh he did war as hell he recorded that album and he's done a lot of these big hardcore records and he does sound for a lot of bands and still has he has this awesome studio called bright lights um they got linked up with roger roger did his band's record and i think through that connection that's how they met donnie and like the warriors guys and donnie started doing designs for them and at the time he was with warner brothers so i remember going to warner brothers and picking up like merch and just a lot of weird stuff this was back in like 2007 so i don't remember at all for the most part but um i think that's where that connection was and years later fast forward to maybe like 2011 i started demoing songs for silver snakes and i had just one or two tracks met this dude that donnie's friends with this guy joe joe duggett said he had a record label which turned out to be called siren records that donnie had a hand in as well so uh that's how we kind of got back in touch and donnie essentially put out our first record um the cd version of our first album was put out on siren records was which was like a joint operation between uh donnie and this guy james and joe so everything was within his circle of friends donnie did all the art roger recorded it um steve Choi from rx bandits had a hand in producing it and everyone worked together and after that we went on to bridge nine records for our next record for year of the snakes and it just always seemed like that's how it was going to work you know donnie was always going to be our art guy he's always going to be our yeah. point man for mm-hmm. for artwork so he's done at least 90 percent of all the artwork it merch designs um everything album layouts going forward he's done all of our album layouts um aside from the one ep we did scathe but Mm -hmm. yeah this latest one um death in the moon he killed it and he always we work together in a really cool way it's just i'll send him a few ideas this time i probably had the the smallest amount of you know preconceived ideas to send his way in the past it's like here's what the record's gonna look like or with saboteur he kind of just ran with it and it was awesome (laughs) but um year of the snake is my my favorite cover that we've ever done because that one just feels like home to me it's it just looks like a day of the dead altar yeah beautiful looking 
Yeah, and it's just he just again ran with it and he staged this whole altar. I brought him all my candles and all my little like brujeria, like curandero type <laughs> stuff that I just had laying around my house, and he just went wild with it. But Death in the Moon, we wanted to go the polar opposite and just make it white and gray and all of our albums have looked so dark and just black and yeah. you know they've had that feel to it so yeah he, he really killed it with this one and i love working with him and he's done some really cool shirt designs for us as well and uh yeah i can't imagine doing artwork without donnie going forward yeah i was gonna say i love that like when bands like they stick with like the same artist like it, it just feels unnatural when you know they move on to something else it's like almost it, like you said, like that fake accent, it's just like, ugh, I, I'm not, I can't get behind this. It's like um, when, you know, Mastodon moved moved on from Paul Romano, I was just like, oh, shoot. This, I, I, you know, because like half of the reason is like you look at that album art and you're just like, so like you can look at it for hours. And when yeah. they moved on from Paul Romano, you know, and they actually, you know, started working with Donnie. I was like, okay, I can get behind this. Like this is this is still really interesting. And then for you guys to have that trust, like where he, you don't see a life without him. Like I love that. I I totally dig that because it adds a whole new element to the art. You know, the music. You know, the actual yep. visual re- um, representation of the music as well. I, I totally dig that. And we really appreciate him being there. Um, for you know, we're a smaller band. I would say compared to like bands like Mastodon and bands, <laughs> you know let's like Lincoln Park or Eric Clapton or other bands he's mm-hmm. done stuff for. So the fact that he still always makes time for us and he doesn't cut any corners when he's doing our artwork, mm-hmm. even though we're not coming in there with those major label budgets. Um, <laughs> it, it's really cool. And it's really indicative of his commitment to what he does and that he truly loves making art. And I know he likes working with his friends and me and him, we have very similar music tastes. And we were actually just talking a few days ago. We were like, talking back and forth about like the sneaker pimps or something and just oh, like nice. some, yes. <laughs> yeah we were just talking about them and like massive attack and just some bands we both really like so dude you've been just knocking off all the checklists of all these bands like massive attack you brought up the arts bandits geez it's like my childhood bands <laughs> <laughs> hey like, alex i'll go yes. ahead hey uh so i don't i'm not following you guys on instagram but i mean it might be nice to uh you know you to shout out how we can find you for the person who's looking yeah, um, Instagram and Twitter, I believe both of those, it's silver underscore snakes. And everything else is Year of the Snakes. So Facebook is facebook.com slash Year of the Snakes. Our website's yearofthesnakes.com. And uh, yeah, everything's up on there. And like I said, our, our record just came out. So we're just pushing that stuff as much as we can and hoping to get back out, out on the road soon. We're doing an L.A. show in a couple weeks, which should be pretty cool. Sweet. Where are you guys doing that at? Uh, the Echo, July 18th, we're playing at The Echo. Oh, sweet. Dude, I'm going to try to make that. Yeah. No, yeah. no joke, I want to make that. <laughs> yeah, um, very rare. We don't play locally very often. We, we've we done so much touring that it just happened that we only play L.A. when it's on a tour. Mm-hmm. So, And we've done plenty of tours where L.A. wasn't a stop on them. So. <laughs> it's funny, you guys brought that up during the uh, Coteen and Cambria Glassjaw show, and I was like, I was like, really? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine. I always just assume every band plays L.A. like mm-hmm. every weekend. So <laughs> let's hit up the whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> and that, you know what? That's the problem, though. That's why a lot of people don't hear about these bands because it becomes oversaturated. And mm-hmm. it's like, from a band standpoint, like we don't want to be playing the Sunset Strip. Like, yeah. no one really does. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so, a lost allure. <laughs> exactly. Where else is there to play? So we're we're doing our best to like get in with these different promoters in LA and there's just not a lot people imagine LA to be this huge music town and it's just it is it is not the way that it used to be it's mm-hmm. it's very it's polarizing and you have the sunset strip side of it where it's just a commodity and people go to shows because it's just a show and then you have like the DIY side of it where you go to a small sh- show with a niche crowd and you're with 40 50 other people just to see something very specific mm-hmm. there isn't that like in between where bands go to play and really build themselves up with a new crowd so that's hard to find and it, it's hard to really find your footing in la and i feel like that's another reason we haven't played out here much so i'm hoping going forward that we can change that and you know find a place to do what we do and find the audience for it in la we just had a really good show here in may at the regent um which was part of the tour we were on and that show was awesome so that's why i'm looking forward to doing la again in a couple weeks sweet yeah we, yeah art and i for sure will probably make it and then if keep cool. you're welcome <laughs> um really quickly you brought up brujeria a little minute ago it just tickled my fancy uh-huh. um is, it, is there have you ever had any kind of paranormal 
uh, experiences in your life or anything creepy that you've because we touch on that on this podcast all the time oh so, cool uh, is there anything like that that you've ever like um experienced nothing, in your life nothing very specific and a few years ago i want to see around 2013 2014 i was much more into into that side of things and um especially with i, I mean i grew up with with the curanderas type stuff and hearing about like the the healer the the white witches and that sort of thing you know what i mean Mm -hmm. when you were sick you went to this place to you know get the egg rubbed on you or you know um wait is that like that egg from machete where like like, yeah they crack it they crack it to see what's in you i'm like half mexican but i've lost it i'm like as pocho as it gets so so i just see the egg and there's so many things and it's it's funny to see what gets retained um, generation to generation. My mom, she lives out in Palm Springs now and she's, you know, she's vegan. She's into like CrossFit and she's like now right now she's super into like her crystals and like all that kind of stuff. But I guarantee you she still probably puts Vicks on everything. Like, I, like you know what I mean? Like sana, sana, colita de rana. Yeah. So those are things you just, you don't get rid of. And for mm-hmm. me, it's just like, if I see someone go outside with their hair wet or like, you know, go to sleep without <laughs> socks on, I'm just like, Oh my God, dude, like, you're asking for it. Especially being on tour and like being in a band with like white dudes, like they do not get it. Like one of them's not feeling good. And he goes to bed out of the shower with wet hair and like no socks. I'm like, dude, like you're seriously asking to get sick. And they're just like, there's no scientific reason why that's a thing. And I'm like, yeah, like some grandma said so like there doesn't need to be a scientific reason. Oh, so, dude. I guess, like, I mean, that's not really brujeria, but uh, back to that. That's just Mexican that culture, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I always collected the candles and the ones with, like, the limpias on them and the mm-hmm. ones that you get at, like, the botanica shops and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. my mom hates it that I always had them. But, um, the, you know what? The weird, only weird things I ever really experienced was through those candles. And there was a while back in the maybe like 2010 2011 where i just felt like i had a really bad streak of you know of luck bad luck Mm -hmm. and i couldn't break it everything was going wrong car problems problems at work problems in relationships and um i had i had the bright idea to go buy a bunch of these candles thinking like all right if i light all of them one of them's bound to do something so i got the spellbreaker candle which i'm i'm looking at right now it's on mounted on my wall and it's actually on the cover of that year the snake album um i had that exact candle that i that actual one that's on the cover Mm -hmm. um i had it lit every day for seven days straight and at the end of the seventh day it literally burst in half oh the candle itself just completely shattered and that's why it shattered on the cover there but it completely shattered glass went everywhere and you know some might say oh there's you know there's a scientific reason this was like this this was like this the candle wasn't lit wow (laughs) yeah so it was just sitting on my coffee table where i had all my candles and i was sitting on my couch right in front of it and the the whole candle just split in half not it didn't crack it literally shattered and you know, I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> "Oh, is the it says spell breaker cancels uh, candles?" So I'm like, "Is the spell broken?" Like I don't get like I was. Which way are we going with this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Like, what if it was made to do that so that like okay, it's a spell I, breaker? It's got. I personally don't think in Indio products is gonna invest <laughs> the technology into making this like self-breaking candle into this thing i buy for three dollars elon like, musk was like Go- <laughs> superior yeah Go- the goya brand one <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah you know you need like uh, a jar of herdez and a few candles to get rid of like your money problems uh, i feel like maybe they they splurge on that one so that you'll start buying more of their products like they lose money uh, on those but it's like i don't know it's the marketing ploy you know yeah. The story lives on. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was pretty much it. Like, I had a, I had an interesting run just, like, researching all of them and the stories behind them and the prayers on them. And mm-hmm. there were some that I felt like I shouldn't have because they had such bad intentions as far as, like, you know, what they were intended yeah. for, at least yeah. what I would read online. Um, it was just, like, use this one to literally kill your enemies. Use this one mm-hmm. to bring back the dead and Ooh. and... So there's a few of them that I actually got rid of them. I drove to the top of like a mountain and just like hurled it off a cliff. I'm like, I don't want this thing. That's I'm, dramatic. I'm totally serious. I did that with a few of them. And uh, just because I didn't want anything to have to do with what I felt that they were bringing into my life. And haven't messed with them in a, with, 
messed with them in a long time and I still feel like I have a lot of bad luck so who knows they probably don't do anything mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh yeah that's about that dang well kind of bring it in a more lighthearted direction like I had a uh, when we were talking to Donnie um I don't know how it came up but we were talking about you know you know what music inspired you when you grew up and he brought up oh one of the first like cassette tapes I bought was Ace of Bass and I was like oh hell yeah and so do you have anything like that? Like, you know, growing up, did you have like any guilty pleasures, like maybe like Coolio or something <laughs> like that? Like, So a lot of that stuff, I wouldn't even call them guilty pleasures because I still listen to all of it. Hell and, yeah. Like Ace of, Ace of Base is another one. Like I was listening to Ace of Base last week. Oh, and dude, and oh, that, I can't stop listening and, to it. Yeah. And I'll go a step forward and say that not just that first record that has Don't Turn Around and mm-hmm. the Sign and all that. The second record, The Bridge, has like some really good songs on right? it. Right. So I love that stuff. There's a song on that record called Ravine that I was obsessed with when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, is it called uh, Young and Proud? That's on the first record. Uh-huh. That song, I listen to it now and I'm like, this totally falls in line with all this like electro dance, like industrial music yes. that I really listen to now. And it was way ahead of that. And the other one that, like, again, like my, my girlfriend, like, grew up in Pico Rivera, and I grew up mainly in Whittier, California, mm-hmm. kind of going back and forth between here and there. And all I remember are those backyard parties. You know what I mean? The <laughs> yeah. backyard parties or the front, you know, the front yard parties with the floodlights and the carne asada and all that stuff. <laughs> Typical Mexican, yes. I, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. everyone's cousin was a DJ. And all, they played, <laughs> and all they played was Lisa Lisa, Expose, like mm-hmm. just freestyle. Ooh, so baby, that's something I that. I love you. Yeah, she got me. She has me listening to all that stuff again. And I love it. So. You know, that takes me back to being younger, like Janet Jackson. I loved Paul Abdul. I oh, that was my first crush, M- sir. MC Scat Cat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. So just all that stuff. That I was really big into that when I was a kid, and I'm, I'm still into it now. And I actually uh, just did a record at my studio a few months ago for this artist called uh, Bustier. Mm-hmm. And the Bustier record Selena. is – It's like a combination of – like that Lisa Lisa mixed with like Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation and Sweet. Christian Death. So imagine that and like punk just meeting <laughs> at like a, a dingy punk show and just being play, performed together. And Dude, I love it, that. It totally took me back. And yeah, that's that's something that's very near and dear to my heart, along with a lot of Mexican music. I love mariachi music. I grew up on that. So that's the stuff I revisit very often. So I have a really serious question now, um, and I ask this to all of our guests. I don't, I don't know if you listen to the Donnie Phillips um, episode, but I, I ask this for every single one of our guests, whether it be my cousin sitting over here, whether it be the friend down the street, or whether it be you know a, a major artist like yourself. Um, so, and this, like I said, this is a really serious question. In your opinion, and gun to your head, you have to make a choice. I know you're going to want to pick both, but serious question here. Backstreet Boys or in sync? Backstreet Boys. Oh, no hesitation. <laughs> this man is in. Yes, you you're you're in the you're in the cult now, dude. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I, I and I don't have a good reason why for you at all. I mean, for me it's New Kids on the Block cuz that's another one that I it's grew up on. It's OG, yeah. So, but that's yeah, what? I don't know. I at least obviously that <laughs> Backstreet Boys and in sync and 98 degrees and all those <laughs> were kind of off my radar when i was a kid oh yeah it was you know a whole different world but that's the only one that i could still hear and i'm like oh i remember this song and the band we were just on tour with combi christ they were playing that backstreet's back song oh right (laughs) they played that every night after the show so that thing got stuck in my head and that was another one that's like damn this is kind of good it's like this beats good this gets stuck in my head Uh (laughs) uh-huh And that's the that's the thing about like pop music. Like uh, like we all get I, I know for myself personally, I got into this very elitist attitude where it's like, no, I listen to the best of the best music. All this this pop crap can, you know, you know, fall by the wayside, you know, burn in hell and all that, right? But then, you know, later on in life when I guess I don't know, I I'm starting to lose testosterone or what, I don't know, but <laughs> you start to soften up a little and then you start to appreciate, you know, that pop sensibility. And I know Art and I have said this a couple of times where it's just like, man, it it's it's really hard to get you know the world as a whole on board with a catchy tune than it is to write you know maybe a complex you know guitar riff like Ingve Momsteam or or whatnot. So it's just I, I appreciate that world as well. So definitely, there's a place for both, mm-hmm. and I, I have a hard time self admittedly. I really have a hard time dealing with stuff on the radio. Oh yeah. I really try <laughs> and like I. Uh, 
it's easier for me to listen to things like K-Day or like stuff that has like those throwback like hip-hop sort of jams like that Mm -hmm. kind of mainstream Mm -hmm. stuff as opposed to things that are on mainstream rock radio Mm -hmm. because none of that stuff like it doesn't sound like rock music to me like it all just sounds like a pacific sunwear commercial yeah it's just like these like anthematic like sing-alongs but there's like no actual lyrics and it's really confusing and i just picture a bunch of dudes with like fedoras (laughs) and mandolins it's just like it's very homogenized right yeah exactly but i can very much so get into stuff like cardi b and i'm super down with that mm-hmm. and like i could hear that and like it, again that's stuff that the whole world is like into at, at a given moment and i'm just like cool i get it this is like it's what it's intended to be it's pop it's like it has personality it has a hook like we you don't need to be that person that i mean i was of course at one point telling everyone well you know they don't really write that song like they didn't <laughs> yeah. really write that they're like oh they're well that's probably not even the person performing it on the album like if i could go back and take take back all the time i wasted drilling that into people's heads trying to get them to mm-hmm. stop liking the things that they just liked because it made them happy i wish i could yeah because it's like it was pointless and here i am then cardi b that i like it song is so damn good <laughs> and i can't get over how good it is yeah you have to roll the windows up just a little bit so you can bump it <laughs> no way man that's Okay, I, I have a CD player in my car. I don't even have like an aux in there, or, like Bluetooth or anything. I, mm-hmm. I'm like not a car guy, and I'm just like, I just drive whatever I have. So I have this old like piece of crap, and with the CD player that barely works. And the only CD I have in there is a mix. And the first song is Return of the Mac. The oh, song, my God. The second song is like Rick James and the Mary Jane Girls. And then it has like <laughs> six Selena songs and like. <laughs> A bunch of Santana songs. It's literally like 12 tracks that I just listen to day in, day out on repeat because I have nothing else to put in. <laughs> and it's like, I have zero shame listening to Give It To Me Baby at 8 a.m. in the morning when I'm driving to the studio <laughs> at a red light with the windows down. I know before we started recording, like I was listening to uh, this disco artist, Sylvester, um, uh-huh. just because like I just wanted to get my energy up. Like, you know, I, I and I was just like, OK, yeah, I could put on, you know, some industrial music, you know, to get me in the mood, you know, for this interview or whatever. But I was just like, man, I just really need some energy. Like, you know, and I know we're not going to be talking. Well, we ended up talking about it by happenstance. But I was just like, all right, I just need like I just need like that that vibe, you know, just that energy just to flow through me. And so I was like, you know what? I'm throwing on some disco, yeah. like one of those like 12 minute long, just like I just did a cocaine binger at Air, uh, <laughs> Studio 54, <laughs> you know, just like. <laughs> You know, and it was like, you, you see me, I'm like tattooed up or whatever. I got the, the pecs flexing or whatever. It's just like, I'd be like one of the last people you'd expect to listen to this. But I'm like, hell no, I'm going full tilt on this, man. Dude, that's how I was this totally. morning. I was listening to Embo this morning. I was like, dude, Embo. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that stuff. I mean, that's our whole, we have like a whole backstage playlist we used to listen to that we have on Spotify. And the whole thing is, it's a bunch of like stoner rock, but there's like a lot of like old Depeche Mode on there. There's a lot of like the Smiths are on there. And then if it's just me and Mike, the bass player, it's just like, we're the ones that want to be listening to Selena. We're the ones who want to be listening to like Vicente Fernandez or like, you know, just that stuff to like that, that gets my like blood flowing more than anything else does. (laughs) And it's, it still boggles my mind. The dudes that can like listen to hardcore on the way to a hardcore show and then listen to hardcore on the way home from the hardcore show. Like that has to be some kind of special power that I'm just (laughs) never going to be capable of. Yeah. Like more power to them. I, I, I would never want to be in their car, but that's, you know, that's cool, but I just can't do that. I can't get on stage for 40 minutes and play this, you know, electronic heavy rock stuff and then listen to the exact same thing I just played before and after. Dude, I bet, I bet that would be draining. Yeah. You got to have that release, that Selena moment. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, on tour, on tour for me, it's all Mexican music. That's just the only thing in my headphones or like that I'm playing when I'm driving. It's just, that's all I want to hear is that old Lucha Villa and like Lola Beltran and all those classic singers (laughs) I grew up listening to because it's just, it's different. And and I'm inspired by melody and like the heartfelt delivery of those songs. And I like that so much more than just, you know, the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm going to hear that all night as it is. Like, I don't need to listen to that on the way to it. Yeah. And it goes back to what I was saying. Real art, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's, if it's true art, you know, it's going to stand the test of time and it's going to be good no matter what situation it presents itself in. Just music in general. It's like, you know, step one, make people like feel it in their soul. Mm-hmm. So it's like, 
you know, that's a that's a very like unique trait. So it's like it could either be something like the cure or depression mode or something like that, where you like you feel it in that maybe the sad side of it, or like you know that certain element, the dark side of every person's soul, or you listen to like En Vogue or Lighter Shade of Brown. That's just like I just want to party right now. Like mm-hmm. I just need something to drive through and like bob my head to. So, totally, and there's no reason that the two can't like meet each other in the middle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like In Vogue, their music was dark. TLC, their music was super dark. Like a lot of that stuff. Aaliyah, Aaliyah is one of my all-time oh, favorite. Oh Aaliyah. yeah, dude, just you're just knocking off the checklist right now. Man. That's just like I have an Aaliyah air freshener in my car. My phone <laughs> background is Aaliyah. Like my my like Facebook cover photo is Aaliyah. That's Sweet. just like, and it's because her delivery of everything and it was so dark but mm-hmm. still melodic and the work she did with like Timberland Tim- Timberland's like my all-time oh. favorite producer up there. Yes. So I just got his master class and I've been watching that every night just taking Ooh. notes like how do you build these ideas and keep them so dark and unique and again like it it doesn't have to be just pop versus metal or mm-hmm. just light versus dark and there's ways to find the aspects of music that you like in almost every type of music. Mm-hmm. You know aside from like polka or like you know i'm sure there's some genres where it's like you're going to be hard pressed to find the the emotional intensity and like Mm -hmm. that driving power but yeah you can't be closed off to it and i feel like that's why some of the the groups that you're saying that you guys enjoy too that you know paul abdul or like janet jackson and stuff like that like that stuff's heavy janet jackson rhythm nation could be a modern day like industrial record yeah Yeah. like put that record on with headphones and it will blow your mind Mm -hmm. just how well produced it is how hard hitting the lyrics mean so much more than anything else that's out there today and it's you know it's awesome and it's cool to go back and be able to appreciate that and to try to bring it into modern music because that's you know it's lacking that's I don't know if the next generation of musicians are paying attention to that stuff that was out in the early 90s, late right. 80s. Because there was a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of dorky stuff, but there was a lot of good stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Even the dorky stuff is pretty cool, too. That I'm never going to give you I up. was about to say yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like that, like, it like it just gets you going. And then I'm, there's hooks, you know, there's mm-hmm. hooks in all of that. That's There's a reason why. It's just ear candy, you know? Uh-huh. And, and not only that, but then you can sit down and talk and be like, hey, this guy sounds like a soulful black dude. But like when you look at him, <laughs> he's like this ginger redhead from like, you know, East Sussex, England or whatever. Right. So it's just yeah. like that that added on story like adds to the music as well. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I know, too, um, I was I wanted to bring this up because we were talking about, you know, modern music. Um, I know. Uh, Art and myself and then our third co-host who's not here today but we were kind of having that discussion and one of the points that I brought up it just seems like the music's out there good music's out there like your band for example and you know I'm not saying that to kiss your butt at all but like like it's the it's the internet age whereas you know when we were growing up you know you had MTV VH1 and then BET um, you know like Rap City and you know you know mm-hmm. the, the R&B you know show that they would have on there as well and then you had you know the radio and they would play you know the music that's how you got your music nowadays everything's on the internet and the internet is such a wide open space that you kind of got to go to this section of the the internet the southwest section of the internet and then you got to kind of travel all the way up you know maybe to the north northwest side of the internet you know because everything is so compartmentalized now and i think that that's one thing too i think where you know as when we were kids because i believe you said like you're in your 30s as well we're all in our early 30s where like you kind of got exposed to all of that whether you admittedly liked it or not you were exposed to it now you kind of like you kind of live in one compartment of the internet where it's just like you know it's it's that kid that just goes to the hardcore show and listens to hardcore all the time. Whereas, you know, they might not be exposed to music as a whole. I mean, and that's what I think, that's where I think, you know, music lacks is because of that. You know, the kids that listen to Migos, they want all of their rap to sound like Migos, you know? Yeah, that's very true. But when we were younger, just listening to the radio, think about how diverse, even if you were listening to rock radio in particular, Mm -hmm. you say it's the mid nineties. So you would hear, something like nine inch nails like closer would be on mm-hmm. followed by an alice in chain song followed mm-hmm. by no doubt followed mm-hmm. by you know at the time it could have been like real big fish or like when ska had that little like rebirth or whatever mm-hmm. followed by a garbage song followed by a metallica song and mm-hmm. like all even if it's all under the umbrella of like alternative rock or rock radio those were all very very different performers very mm-hmm. different songs very different vibes you know what i mean so you don't get that now and uh, i feel like we're all 
kind of part of the problem in the way that we consume music but what are the other options you know what i mean like that that day is is long gone so when i discover new music quote unquote discover but it's on spotify and it's just through my daily mixes and i know for a fact that it's going to be like okay this is like my cold wave daily mix that's just going to be a bunch of like boy harsher and like the soft moon and these like really cool like lo-fi electronic groups and then it could be like okay this is my daily mix that's all going to be like cocteau twins and massive attack and sneaker pimps and they're all like curated through different genres but there's zero crossover so it's really hard because even in that when you're in charge of the music you consume you're still not getting a variety yeah if if you stick to that you know that thing if you go to artist radio for example i always listen in uh listen to true widow radio when i go to sleep that's like always the best so i'll put on true widow radio and then it's just you know eight hours of things that sound like true widow so i'm still not <laughs> expanding my yeah. horizons by any means and mm -hmm. it's hard and and as years go by we're getting more and more conditioned to consuming music like that so when something or some service or whatever comes along that mixes it up or brings it back to the way it used to be i don't know if we're going to be prepared or you know if we're even going to be able to like digest it when it's yeah. thrown our way so i hope so because I, I really don't how you were saying a kid that listens to one thing wants it all just to sound like that one thing um, and being a, a producer and working with bands every week, day in, day out, I'm seeing it there too. I, I get bands all the time that have like a really distorted sense of what their band sounds like mm -hmm. because they've been told by the bands they look up to that this is what it is. So yeah. I get I get a lot of these bands that say they're shoegaze bands that just sound like pop punk bands. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like a big thing right now too. And like I'm not going to knock it because they're making great music and I love mm -hmm. recording melodic music like that. But when you say something to me like shoegaze, I think my bloody Valentine, Starflyer 59, slow dive and a lot mm -hmm. of really specific sounds. And then it's just slower pop punk. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I totally get it. What you guys are doing. It's really cool. But you're missing out on this entire world of music that influenced the music that you're now listening to. And if only there was a way to go back and discover all of that without just having like a big brother or an older friend tell you to do mm -hmm. so, it'd be really cool. Because, like you said, before we had the radio to do it for us. Yeah. I think, too, like people like you um, who are eclectic like that, I mean, that's where you guys become a commodity because then you become that bigger brother, you know? And I know I've, Art, he's shown me a lot of music that I wouldn't necessarily have, you know, been exposed to. And I think that's why me and him have such a close friendship because it's just like, okay, it's going to be this continuous stream of breaking me out of my mold. You know, for years, you know, it was all about gangster rap. And then, you mm -hmm. know, I kind of got softened. It's, it's ironic that my cousin would stop by, you know, for this recording. And he would, you know, introduce, you know, rock music to me, like, you know, the Smashing Pumpkins and whatnot. And that kind of softened me from, you know, the, the gangster rap. And we always have, like, those people in our lives that are going to bring something different to the table. And then for a while, it was, <laughs> it was like, nothing but Metallica for, like, a long time. And then, it, you know, you get different people that come through and... And do that, and that's where I think the person like you, being a producer, that's awesome that you you do other bands as well because you can expose these other bands to you know the Paula Abduls or maybe you know Garbage or hey Ace of Base, you know. Totally, yeah, and that's a that's a big goal of mine. I like working with younger artists more than anything, and it's because I that's the whole reason I started recording music in general. It wasn't as a it wasn't a career choice in that okay, this is what I'm going to make money doing like this is all I could do this is what I'm good at, whatever it was. There's a need for this service in the LA area. And there's a whole community that's underserved. Mm -hmm. and that is, they're all making music. Everyone makes music all around the world. Yeah. And there's all these kids in East LA and the San Gabriel Valley that they can't afford to go to those places that they find when they look in the yellow pages or on Yelp or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like they can't afford to go to ocean way, like Henson studios and pay, Ish. you know, a thousand dollars a day for a room, $600 a day for an engineer. So it's like, I have the space to do it. I have the know-how to do it. Like if I could carve out my own little my own little space in this world of music and this whole scene to where I can help these kids out, help bring them up and like, you know what I mean? Like not yeah. mold them, but more so I don't want them to have to go through those years and years, those trials and tribulations that a lot of us band band members, musicians had to go through just to end up in a totally different space years, years later. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if I could record a band now and be like, Hey, just so you know, do it like this, like practice to a metronome, make sure you get a tuner pedal, just like the sheer basics that I wish 
people would have told me when I was, you know, 16 years old, then that's what that's what I'm in it for. And that's what I want to keep doing. And again, now, like I've done a remodel at my studio, I totally rebranded it. And nice. I'm doing I'm doing totally different styles of music every few weeks it's something different i've done a couple of electronic records this year already and hardcore records and i just did a cool like uh pop punk record the other day and just with all of that it's if even if i'm not like per se like mentoring like younger bands or whatever i'm still just trying to do the best i can at my job and ensuring that they could achieve their goals by coming to me and not having to like give up on those dreams of getting a good demo out, seeing their music online on Spotify. You know what I mean? They don't have to just stick to garage band for, you know, the, the early part of their career. And it snowballs and that motivation, right? It, totally. And that's all it takes sometimes. Like you can have the same song performed into an iPhone and performed at my studio. And if I can, you know, add my touches to it and kind of, you know, help shape the performances or like offer some assistance here and there and some tips, tricks, whatever, they're going to be so much more motivated to do something with that latter recording than with those early demos that they might have released on Bandcamp or whatever. And that's been really cool to see. And seeing people invest in themselves in that sense is very rewarding. And I'm, I'm glad to, to be a part of that and to be a part of that music scene. And I, only, I can only hope that I can, you know, kind of dive back in. And I feel like I've fallen off the last few years because I haven't spent as much time going to local shows and getting to know the younger community musicians. But... I'm hoping that with the new studio changes and everything, I could kind of get back in and like dig my fingers in and, you know, talk to people and, you know, get, let them know that this is what I'm here for. And this is what I want to do for their bands. And it's not for any selfish reasons or anything like that. It's, it's because I truly, it. yeah, I love music. I love music that comes out of LA and I just want to, you know, do my part to assist it. Sweet dude. I you think just became my hero. <laughs> that's definitely, you're talking about all this stuff for these younger guys and like, I had bands like in high school and out of high school and I'm like, yeah, man, I would have loved like 17, 18 year old me would have loved to meet 30 something year old you and like have that, I don't know about mentorship or whatever, you know, but that, that guidance, like, yeah, I can see yeah. that being like a really cool thing. And plus yeah, you have, have like a cool band. So it's like, they're like, oh, this dude's helping us. Like, this is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure it's super it's- motivating. And you didn't have that. I didn't have that when we were younger. Like I, I would go record with the 45 year old dude at the studio that only was there because he got three hours to record his hip hop project at 2 a.m. So <laughs> yep. that dude, that dude did not care about my like, you know, want to be saves the day, get up kids band when I was 14. <laughs> that, you know what saves I mean? Saves the day, dude. Yes. So like, uh, if I if I could have gone to somebody that was you know in their late 20s, early 30s, and just like, oh yeah, I'm familiar with that. Like, have you heard heard of this or? no, you're not going to want to use that guitar for this style of re- recording. Like, maybe you should invest in this. You know what I mean? Just Yeah, definitely. You know how much time I spend just telling kids to ditch their gear and sell it for something else? Like, that's like half of my job at this point. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like, I, I ask bands to send me a list of what they have before they come into the studio, and I'll kind of go through it and be like, all right, well, leave that at home, leave that at home, sell this on Craigslist, buy this instead. Like, trust me, you're, you're going to thank me later down the line and you're not going to lose any money. Like mm-hmm. it's, and that's, that's awesome. just the kind of guidance I wish I would have gotten when I was younger. I totally wish you were around when I was in bands and stuff. I'm like, I am never going to be able to afford a JCM Marshall head ever in my life. You know? We're just going to yeah, have to start and, a band and come down there. <laughs> we're just going to relive or revive the dream. Yeah, <laughs> I get a lot of that too. I get a lot of dudes my age that are just like, I'm trying to get back into it. Like, uh-huh. You know, pull out the old guitar and like the wife let me off the hook for a weekend. And <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of that. Stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's awesome, dude. Dude, I got to admit, man, this has been a fun interview, man. You yeah. and Donnie both are like yeah. super you, chill guys. You guys have Thanks. officially been christened as like the fourth and fifth members of this podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you guys want to come on and talk about music or anything, dude, just shoot us like an email or something. You're more than welcome to come. Right on. Come Thank on. you very much. Heck yeah. Thanks, man. If you want to go ahead and plug uh, where we can find your music, you can go right ahead, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, yearofthesnakes.com. That's the band. Our new record, Death in the Moon. It's out everywhere right now. It's on Spotify, all that stuff. And it's not it's not really being pushed as much as we'd like to see it being pushed. So we appreciate any promo that gets people telling their friends about it, even if it's just like, hey, do you remember that stuff you liked when you were 13 and wearing like eyeliner and fishnet shirts? <laughs> like this new band of like early 30 year olds are doing that again so like come check it out so and it's awesome like i i gotta say like and i i'm a i'm a stickler 
and I love it too. So yeah, it's got the Jacob Pixton stamp of approval. Thank you very much. Thank and if you so. get a chance to see your band, your, your band is amazing. I was blown away when you guys opened it for uh, for bigger bands. You know, Glassjaw and Coheed and Cambria. You guys were right there with them, man. It was mm-hmm. an amazing live show. So you Thank have that you show coming up in um, was it July eighteenth? July eighteenth. All right, man. I'll be there. Yeah, I got that. And then uh, the studio's palemoonaudio.com, and that's where you could find everything about my production and my recording studio life. Sweet. Sweet, man. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on, man. Thank you very much. All right, man. You have a good one. Take care, man. You too. Thanks, brother. All right. So interview number two is in the books, and I got to say it lived up to the Donnie Phillips interview, man. Like, amazing amazing guy man just i i you know i'm not just saying that because he was just on but like literally go check them out go check out their youtube find footage of what they do live they're amazing like it'll support them yeah support them any way you can you know download the music you know buy the albums if you can you know buy the merch you know you're supporting two people yeah. that we've had now we it'd be supporting donnie and him so and then also too i want to thank keith for stopping by filling in keith. Uh, um, filling in for Eric here this week, um, you added a lot to this podcast. I think, I, well, you know, I thought you were just going to be, you know, just uh, someone just to react to the interview, and no, you added a lot to this interview. I, so I thank you a lot, man. Well, thanks. Um, I have to say about him, man. Like, okay, so I barely I heard a couple of his songs, but like that dude, you can just tell he's like he loves what he does, mm-hmm. and that passion is infectious. Because like, yeah, I'm sitting here like damn i wish i would have like when i had a band like i was seriously thinking that like man this is like it's just he's infectious like he mm-hmm. makes you want to listen to music to play music if you have that ability and yeah his passion just like permeated the room yeah know? we were talking about that a few weeks ago right like when you know somebody's passionate about something you might not necessarily dig that you know but because they're that passionate about it you, you want to get it you, you want to be a part of that it's as well inspiring yeah so yeah, shout out man. to him man and oh god i Taking, can't say enough good things about him man yeah man thanks thanks again i hope he's listening to this part of it but like, <laughs> um thanks again for spending the last hour with us so yeah, amazing dude speaking of things that you want to support uh yeah so uh, um you got the car oh i don't got the, oh i, I, I just want to say like you know recently i got some more uh that fight back cvd it does wonders for me i take it all the time if you guys want to go ahead and test out what i'm talking about if you're dealing with things like anxiety or just pain in general mm-hmm. if you're in the you know mixed martial arts world go ahead and look them up www.fightbackcbd.com and at checkout make sure you put the code promo code america and you will get 10 percent off so yeah. um this is handcrafted in the great state of texas um you know whatever you do in life you know it, we all got pains we all got mental anguishes but hey just a couple of uh, drops under the tongue will have you feeling tip-top magoo you know so i i again like silver snakes i don't put my stamp of, of approval on anything you know unless i really mean it and this stuff like I, I was telling my cousin um yesterday at the gym i slipped a disc in my back and i've been taking this stuff and it's really been helping me i also have trouble going to sleep at night and you know just like i said two drops under the tongue I'm out, you know, and I've got to say this too. It's THC free. So you don't got to worry about, you know, the pissing hot for a job. You don't have to worry about, you know, USADA or WADA coming down on you or anything like that. So, you know, if you are a part of, you know, the MMA world, you know, and you got, you know, piss clean, you know, for a fight, you don't have to worry about any of that blowback at all because it's, you know, THC free. You're not going to get high. You're not going to get loopy. You're not going to start, you know, sitting That's down. That's a lot of the fears of, I hear all the time. I was like, am I going to feel anything? Like, no, you're not. You're just going to feel great. That's like, all you're going to feel. It's like popping an aspirin. You're not you know? going to trip out. You're not going to feel all woozy and feel out of body experiences and shit. You know, start oh. listening to ABBA and shit. Return of Essence or what? What's that song with? The Turn of Innocence. Return, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, you and can still song. listen to that. Yeah, go ahead and listen to it. We should cut it out with that outro there. Jacob will edit this shit together later. Later, but hey man once again silver snakes go check them out um check us out too as well out. at you know art and jacob do america on all social media i'm not going to go full tilt onto it you can find me at art and jacob do america i have my own personal one but i don't really use it just because i got nosy ass co-workers they don't need to know about my life uh you can find art here at where uh robots versus robots or don't i don't really message people back so. <laughs> <laughs> it's true he's been my best bud for like fucking 12 years and he hardly texts me back <laughs> keith where can they find you at uh i think it's keith.silvis.com <laughs> at instagram and you have a book do you, do you want to plug that book as well uh i have a well i'm working on a book right now but my my one book out is called from the ruins 
it's a cyberpunk sci-fi deal it's based on some music of one of my friends that maybe we'll get on this podcast someday. Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. Nice. Jonathan's pretty cool as hell. He um, cool. Also, too, you're going to be working on a podcast as well. Do you want to shout that out? I want to keep it a little bit on the DL. <laughs> I'm, I'm being that guy right now, but it's coming. It's going to be kind of a serial fantasy adventure podcast. So for anybody who likes listening to that, I ended on a lot of cliffhangers. So you'll listen to the next episode. For those of you who would enjoy something like that, it's coming. So just think Keith R.R. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Just a lot better looking and a lot slimmer. Dude, I don't know. George R.R. Martin back in his day was, I don't know. He could have been a good looking man. Yeah, that George Clooney vibe, man. I don't know. I'd have to look at him again. You like look back like in Kit like Harrington, actually. Or the 80s. Who? You look like Kit. John Snow, basically. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. So on that note, I'm still buzzing, dude. I, I, I just want to do another hour of that guy, but... I don't know. With that said, everybody, um, make sure you check us out. Make sure you check out Silver Snakes out. And I don't got nothing else to say. Do you guys got anything else to say? No, man. Enjoy the show. Have a good night. Stay safe from the earthquakes if you're in Southern California or Las Vegas, apparently. Yeah, pack some water, get some money, and keep your social card close by. Get yourself an Alex Jones survival kit. (laughs) (laughs) Real quick before we ask. So, anyways, um, I know we always talk shit about conservatives or whatever, but real quick story. I remember I was outside doing yard work, and one of my neighbors was talking to me about the earthquake, and he goes, man, I am so glad I got the Alex Jones earthquake survival click kit. And I started laughing at him. Wait, but he was, was he Alex Jones? Because you gave him the voice. <laughs> everybody who buys the Alex Jones survival kit, earthquake survival kit, has the Alex Jones voice. But I started laughing at him because it's just like, you, see, you hear Alex Jones, you start laughing, and he was just serious. He was like, oh, man. And then I started clicking in my head. I was like, you know what? I'm glad he bought the Alex Jones survival kit, too, because... If we needed that shit, I know I didn't have that shit. And he lives across the street from me. And me and him can enjoy in the Alex Jones survival kit together. So enjoy this podcast. What what, what was in that kit really quick? I bet it was some bunch of like Ikea furniture just get underneath that shit. <laughs> some zinc. I don't yeah. know. Some vitamin some B and some zinc. Baparu and, <laughs> and Ikea furniture. And a nylon uh, rope. So with that said, everybody, I'm sorry about this. Have a enjoy good night. Enjoy the show. Have a good night. You laughed at me. You've been in love with something else your whole life. And this is a love affair. And so, I'm not going to get in bed with you. Because you don't love the spirit of justice. You love your father, the devil. You love death more than life. So you go with your father, Forever. And that's hell. Separation from God. You'll never, never defeat the human spirit. You'll never defeat God. You'll never win. Never. Never, ever. And this is where we get tested. So rejoice to God Almighty.